back to another episode of the Two Average Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Prashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is a brand new Monday, October 16, 2023. Andres, what's happening, man? What is happening? Well, it's mid-October, so uh, not much happening. Sweater weather. Uh, the first couple of days when actually it was chilly, where, like you could feel it, but now used to it. So now I'm enjoying it because autumn is my favorite season and I like seeing the leaves on the ground and crunching them. So I'm a very happy person just because of that. So that's what's going on in my little head. How about you, Brishank? How are you doing? Pretty good. So back in Ottawa after I kind of alluded to last week, but since I am moving to Toronto, there's lots of things happening right now i am back in ontario from my trip but it's been crazy hectic busy um kind of getting back into routine but not for long because then i'm going to regina pretty much right away here but more on that at the end of the episode all right so what do you learn this week uh so this week i learned something as you know kind of what i said and i also alluded to Last month, I did a road trip to the Maritimes with one of my friends from Saskatchewan. It was an amazing trip, and that's, you know, the meat of today's episode. But one thing I learned was about Halifax, Nova Scotia. And, you know, I've been hearing that from my brother and other people that Halifax is one of the fastest growing cities in Canada. And when I got there, it made total sense why, because it was beautiful. I absolutely fell in love with the city. And, you know, going into my trip, I didn't really have expectations of any of the places. And Halifax, you know, I thought it was a fairly small city. But turns out the population of Halifax is actually pretty, pretty big. Um, So the overall population of Halifax is, well, I guess the urban population is 379,000. And then the metro is 624,000 which is a lot bigger than I thought because in my mind, I for some reason, I thought it was smaller than both Saskatoon and Regina, but clearly it's much, much bigger than Saskatoon and Regina. Damn. Uh, did not expect that. Well, I like, I mean, probably it's the bigger city on the times, but sounds pretty big. Yeah, absolutely. Halifax, you know, like like I said, I, I honestly wasn't sure what to expect it, but once I actually got there, I really enjoyed it, but it was really cool. I can get. I can't wait to hear more about it. So, that's very interesting, man. Absolutely. So, Andres, what did you learn this week? What did I learn? Well, not as much happy things as you did, Prashank, because uh, I did a little bit of a. I wouldn't say a deep dive, but a good enough dive uh, into really uh, getting to know, uh, learn, and understand. Uh, what is happening out in the Middle East. So we will not go into a lot of detail into it, but uh, many as you are aware of, if not, uh, well, we'll make you aware of it. There is a big conflict going on in the Middle East right now between Israel and Hamas. Uh, So just decided to take a little bit more time to learn about it. Um, What's uh, really kind of like the roots out of it, uh, understanding the origin, the history, kind of like what led really to to what we're seeing nowadays. So very interesting. So I would say, honestly, it's worth understanding the the conflict. Uh, I do not condone any type of violence to either group of people. Um, so yeah, um, I would say it's good to do your own research because honestly, um, there's times the media paints the picture the way they want to. So that's about it because we're not here for uh, sad news, but that's something that really took a lot of my time learning. Yeah, I, I do want to touch upon this a little bit. It's one of those things where, I mean, we can't say it came out of nowhere because it's been going on for a long, long time. But just, you know, the recent escalation and the recent events, and I'm sure, you know, you, Andres, and myself included, and everyone else have seen people post on you know instagram facebook whatever it was supporting one group or another and i think right now is not really the time because like similar to you, i do want to you know read up on more of the issue and i know the general gist you know i know the history behind everything but obviously like you said it is very complicated and it is very touchy so 
Honestly, I do want to get into it, but not right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's for a longer episode. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you said, it's a very complicated. It's not as simple as sometimes people like to paint it. All right, let's go into our topic for today, Brishang. What are we What are we talking about? You alluded a little bit in the beginning, but what What's the tea on today? So on the menu is, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. And it's just pretty much summarizing my maritime trips. Um, like I said, I went for, I think, just over 10 days. And it was a lot of fun. I want to get into it. And you know, if anyone's been debating whether they want to go to the maritimes or not, I definitely recommend it. But you know, you can listen and figure out why I really liked it. All right, Rishang. So let's just get started with the very basics because uh, we keep on saying the Maritimes, but we do know that there's people listening that are not from Canada. So what are the Maritimes? Absolutely. So the Maritime provinces, technically, it's New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island. Um, it doesn't really include Newfoundland and Labrador, but for my sake and you know, for people's sake, um, we're going to include Newfoundland and Labrador, even though technically it's not part of the Maritimes, because um, I did end up visiting all four of the provinces. And it was pretty cool because I've been to every other province, and these four provinces were last on the list. And finally got to say I went there and actually did a lot of stuff. Um, so it wasn't just a road trip, but also we went hiking, we visited all the major cities, you know, ate all the good food. So lots to do in the Maritimes. Um, if people don't know, New Brunswick borders um, Quebec from the west, and then past that is Nova Scotia, and then Newfoundland is kind of on its own. Um, Labrador, obviously, part of Newfoundland Labrador is a little bit to the north. They make it to Labrador, but let's be honest, Labrador is a little bit more isolated. And then lastly, Prince Edward Islands, and the name suggests it is an island, and it was you know, pretty cool seeing all the differences in the provinces and the similarities within the provinces but overall is that that's what the maritime provinces are well thank you Brishang, for letting us know what the times are so how long was this trip Brishang? so to give you some numbers i left september 29th friday and then got back on sunday october 8th i believe so it was I, I think that's 10 days. Mm, I think so. Um, I mean, that's also including my stop in Quebec City and Montreal, but more on that later. So if we, if we don't count those nine days, um, we drove just over 6,900 6, kilometers. So I'm going to round that up to 7,000 because it was pretty high. Um, in nine, 10 days, I guess. Um, so pretty much, you know, diving into the schedule right away. My friend... He flew from Saskatchewan to Ottawa, and I picked him up. It was crazy because, you know, he, Andres, you and I have both have to deal with this. With those Saskatchewan flights, they're yes. killer because they're either early mornings or late nights. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when he got to Ottawa, it was already like 1.30 a.m. in the morning. And then by the time we got home, it was like 2.30, and we packed up the car a little bit went to bed and the next morning we got super up super early, tried to leave Ottawa by four, four thirty, which we managed to do is, you know, four thirty by the time we left the gas station, which was really good. And then from Ottawa we drove all the way to St. John, New Brunswick. Um, we did obviously stop in different places to get food or gas up. And the one of the bad things I guess actually no, let's go into this later. I'll you know I'll talk about it later. So St. John was our first stop, St. John, New Brunswick pretty cool city they had um, a lot of things to see but one of the main places that we got to uh, stop in St. John was Reversing Falls so as you may know or may not know or the listeners you know there's the tide um, in the Bay of Fundy where you know where New Brunswick and Nova Scotia like encompass pretty much the tidal variation is one of the greatest on earth from what I was reading you know it ranges from very, very low tide to very, very high tides. And so Reversing Falls is a waterfall within um, St. John. And depending on how where the tide is, the waterfall goes down. It's, a, it's not like a, a long waterfall. It's just like a 
like the river flowing, but depending on the tide, it looks like it's going backwards and forwards and it like creates whirlpools of some sorts. So that's why it's called reversing falls. It was pretty, pretty cool to see. And then we also went to the Carlton Martello Tower National Historic Site. It's this little tower thing that, you know, they used back in the day to guard the city, guard Canada. And we got to see St. John in all of his glory. And one of the surprising things about St. John was how big it was. Like, it was a smallish town, but the harbor and the ports were pretty big. St. John, you know, I think a lot of um, ships come that way into the St. John, John River. So seeing that, it was really cool. And then that's where we stayed that night. We And mo this whole trip, pretty much, we stayed at Airbnbs or hostels this time because it was much cheaper than hotels. Uh, for some reason, usually it's the other way, but this time we found the opposite to be true. Um, so then next day, day two, we got from we got up from St. John. We drove along the Bay of Fundy coast in New Brunswick. So we stopped at St. Martin's Sea Caves where, you know, we saw low tide, which was zero feet. So I, could, I went out for almost, I want to say two, 300 meters into close to the bay. And as I'm sitting there, I'm watching the, you know, waves, flow i could see the water right water levels rising ever so slightly and it's pretty cool because i have a video i took a video of this um i was standing on this sandbar and a little bit later the water is like coming to my feet so i stand back a little bit and start recording and within two minutes that sandbar like completely disappeared and i had never seen a tide like that in action i've seen like you know videos and documentaries about it but to see it happening in front of you is actually pretty cool and pretty scary because if you're not aware you know tides and how it works you could get caught out and there's so many signs out there that say you know be careful about the signs um usually it takes a couple hours or two three hours you know half a day for the tide to get to maximum levels and there's also a website that tells you when the best time to see is low tide and high tides and that's what i did before so we got to see low tide in the bay of fundy and then after we went there to sea caves we went to fundy national park and before along Fundy National Park, there's this really cool drive. I believe it's called the Fundy Trail where you can drive alongside the coast, stopping in different points. Uh, there's different, you know, viewpoints of the coastlines, waterfalls, and we did that. And then in Fundy National Park, we did a couple um, hikes. So we did the Dixon Falls and the Ship Haven. Uh, Dixon Falls was around 1.1 kilometer round trip, so it wasn't too bad, but the waterfall was beautiful. Ship Haven was a little bit longer, two kilometers, but it was nothing exciting, but it overlooked some of the beaches and some of the coastlines in the Fanny National Park. So really enjoyed that. And then from there, we went up the coast more and went into Hopal Rocks, which is one of the places in New Brunswick where I'm sure, you know, everyone's seen it, but it's where you can really see that tide action, you know, happening in front of you. Because when you go in the mornings or night times, the tides are super low and you can literally walk on the ocean floor. And then in the daytime, the water level gets a lot higher and then you see pretty much everything that you were stepping on earlier being underwater. For us, we didn't get to go in the daytime. We were in there in the morning and the nighttime, so we saw the low tides. So that night we didn't have slippers, but the next morning we went back again and we brought slippers this time and we walked on the ocean floor, which was really cool because it's very muddy, first of all. Um, and then you can see all the seaweed along the rocks. And, you know, I will post photos on my website. So obviously people, if you're interested, go look at it because things are really hard to explain. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was really cool just to see, you know, how oceans and tides really work because when you're walking on the ocean floor, you see, you know, barnacles and other critters. I had experienced this once before, actually, in, or in the Oregon coast. Um, I didn't see the water level coming up as fast as I did in the Bay of Fundy, but there in Oregon, I actually saw like, you know, a lot of starfishes and barnacles and seaweed and a lot of like sea life, I guess. At the Bay of Fundy, it wasn't really as much as there, but it was still pretty cool to walk along the mud. And at, sometimes you did, it was very slippery, but really cool experience. So if you're ever out there, definitely do that. The next morning we left that, we were, um, hung around Moncton for a couple hours. Moncton, I thought, was more on the boring side. It was more of an, it seemed like an industrial and somewhat growing city. Um, there was some really cool parks along the riverfront. 
And when we were there, there was a basketball tournament, like a three-on-three street basketball tournament happening. So we sat down for a little bit and watched that. And then from there, we drove all the way to Peggy's Cove in Halifax. And Peggy's Cove, you know, one of the most photographed places in Canada, one of the most iconic places. I'm sure everyone has seen it. And if you haven't, just Google it because it's that iconic lighthouse on those rocks with the waves crashing in the back. It was a pretty cool sight, but I think, so my friend, he was kind of disappointed because I think in the photos, it looks like this amazing lighthouse, this big lighthouse, you know, standing over everything. But in person, it was a lot smaller. Um, and the crowds, obviously, you know, it wasn't as crowded as the summer, I'm guessing, because we went more in the fall season. But it was still pretty crowded. And the lighthouse was kind of dip- disappointing for my friend. For me, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really go in with any expectations for anything. I just, you know, went. So I enjoyed it. But he did say it was a little disappointing. So if you have seen pictures, be prepared to disappoint, get disappointed. But even then, it was pretty, pretty cool because we were, for a couple hours, we just sat on the rocks, listened to the waves crash along the rocks and the you know people in the back and the lighthouse right there it was, it was actually very scenic overall and then from there from peggy's cove we drove up to halifax and like i kind of said earlier halifax kind of, not kind of it did blow me away because first of all it was a lot bigger than i imagined and you know with dalhousie university being right there as well Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool with, and they have their citadel at the top of the hill, and it overlooks the harbor and the city. So overall, Halifax, I really enjoyed. Um, I didn't go in with expectations in my mind for some reason. I thought Halifax was a lot smaller than most of the Canadian cities, but it turns out it's twelfth biggest, I believe, by metro size, which is pretty big because Regina and Saskatoon are like nineteenth or twentieth, I think. Yeah. It was really cool. So Halifax, I would recommend it. Even if you don't go to any of the other parts in the Maritimes, Halifax, definitely go because you can see a lot of the, you know, the ocean and just the layout of the city was really cool because we walked around the public gardens and then we went to the old town clock and then at night we walked along the waterfront with all these cool restaurants. So it was it was really cool. It was, I really enjoyed it. Next day, we chilled around Halifax for a couple more hours. Then we left Halifax, and we made it all the way to up to Cape Breton's um, National Park or Cape Breton Highlands National Park. Yes. And there we did uh, the Skyline Trail Loop, which was a six-kilometer, I want to say hike, but if you're like me or like, you know, a little bit more experienced, it's not really a hike. It's more of a walk along the I guess, I don't know how to explain it because you walk along like this um, vegetative area and then you go on this boardwalk down to like along the coast and you see the coast and the road highway in the back and the hills and it was beautiful with the, I believe that was one of the bays there as well. And it was absolutely gorgeous. That's probably one of my favorite hikes that I did just because the scene was beautiful. And again, I'll post photos again for these so no one's wondering what these are. But absolutely love that. And then after that, we drove around the rest of Cape Breton Highlands National Park. So there's a really cool road that goes along all around. I forgot the name. I think it was called the Cabot Trail or some trail. Um, I, I forgot this. There's just so much things I did. But it, yeah. took, us three, you know, it took us three hours from our hike um, to go all the way around just because it is a little bit slower um speed limits and you're on like pretty much mountainside roads with you know water on one side and then mountains on the other side and then from there we made it all the way to north sydney which for if people don't know that's where you catch the ferry to newfoundland so what we did was so we instead of getting that daytime ferry we actually took the nighttime ferry from north sydney to newfoundland so the ferry was a little bit pricier especially if you take a car uh, for the two of us it was 200 dollars just for the ferry one way um, so 100 each, but we figured, you know, Airbnb or hotel would be just as much anyway. So, hey, why not just sleep on the ferry? And that's what we did. So we got on the 1130 ferry at night and it takes seven hours. So there's actually two ferries. The one goes to Porto Basque, which is seven hours. And the other one goes all the way to Argentia, which is by St. John's actually that 16 hours. And that does that's not as frequent. So we did the seven hour one 
which was pretty nice because by the time we got to the other side in Newfoundland, it was like 6.30, 7.30. And by the time we got out of the ferry, it was like around 8, I believe. So it was pretty nice because the ferry was also really nice because we the you could book cabins, which are a little bit more expensive, and the cabins have beds, bunk beds. But we just slept on the reclining seats, and it's not like airplane seats. They're actually like almost like couch seats, and they're really comfy, actually. And I ended up falling asleep pretty well. And so I had good rest. And the next day, we drove from Portobost, where the ferry gets off, up to Grossmorn National Park. Going to Grossmorn, we had a couple hikes, but this was one of the only days that it rained quite a bit. So we couldn't do both of the hikes. Um, we did do, well, one of the hikes was called the tra Tableland Trails, and we just walk along, you know, these rocky mountains, I guess, hill or hills. And that one we skipped because the park ranger said the other one that we had on our list is similar to this plus more. So the other one was called Tableland's Garden Trail, and this one was a 10-kilometer hike. And this one goes to similar landscape to the Tableland's one, Plus, you walk along, you know, um, switchbacks as well as you go all the way to the shore. This one, like I said, it was very rainy, so we pushed through it. We got soaked. Thankfully, I had a good rain jacket, so I wasn't, like, completely soaked. But my friend, he didn't have a rain jacket, so he was completely soaked. And we made it to, like, 85 90% of the way. But then that's when we saw so much moose poop kind of start scare us because, you know, if it was a one or two droppings, they'd be like, whatever, we could probably push on but the amount of moose poop we saw it was like a whole herd of moose and maybe baby moose too because some of the drawings were pretty small so we made it just to the edge of the cliff if we had got another 500 meters or you know 750 meters we would have made it to the beach but we decided that first of all it was very windy very rainy and plus if there's moose around or not even moose but like moose cubs around that's not going to be a good time. So we said, let's turn around. So we turned around and went back to the car. But so kind of sad we didn't get to finish the hike. I wish we'd have got to do it. But even then, the end of the hike really leads to you to a beach. So in the rain, it wouldn't have been fun anyway, I think. But nonetheless, we finished, I would say, a good 85, 90% of the hike. But it was fun. And my friend kind of got scared when, when we started seeing the moose poop because, you know, obviously... You don't mess around with moose because they will <laughs> yeah. trample you. So we said, you know what? It's better to be safe than sorry. So we did turn around. But nonetheless, we got some really cool pictures. It's kind of hard, too, because it was raining, like I said. It was raining very heavy. But you know what? We were only there once, so we pushed through it, and we did most of it. Hey, you're already on that side of the country, so got to make each minute count. Exactly. And it, if, if it was like lightning or, you know, really, really bad rain, we would have stopped probably. But the rain... It only got really bad towards the end when we decided to turn around. So for the most part, it was not like terrible rain either. So we pushed on and we did it. And then from there, we left Grossmore National Park and we stopped at Deer Lake for the night. Deer Lake is another small town in Newfoundland, Labrador. Pretty cool town. There's a big lake in the area, as the name suggests. And it was pretty cool because there's so many like different random like uh, fast food options that we don't see in the rest of Canada. So one of the places was called Jungle Gyms, and it's like a taco. It's like a Mexican place. It's like a fast food ma Mexican place where they have tacos, burritos. Obviously, not nothing like authentic, but for fast food Mexican place, it was pretty good. I had three tacos, um, and honestly, it did the trick for the night. Uh, yeah, that when you're road tripping, honestly, sometimes as long as you can get some food in there, that's all that matters. Exactly. And the other thing I got was a French onion soup, which helped me so much because, like I said, it was raining the whole day. So to get that soup in me, it was amazing. Oh, French onion soup. So good. <laughs> exactly. And then so the next day, I guess this day was crazy. You know why? Because we left a ferry. You know, we had driven the whole day the previous day. We got on a seven hour ferry and then immediately got off the ferry, drove some more, did the hike. And then so this was our first good like, you know, place where we could actually sleep in a bed in a couple days. So we got some good, good sleep. And the next morning we got up and we had another long day ahead of us because from Deer Lake all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, it's another nine hours. 
But along the way, there were so many cool stops, you know, that we did. So one of the places that I had always wanted to go was Gander, uh, Gander International Airport to be specific. And for people who don't know, during 9-11, when, what's it called, U.S. had shut down the airspace because of, you know, 9-11, obviously. Yeah. Gander International Airport actually took a lot of airplanes in civilian airplanes into the airplanes or airport when the airspace in, over North America was shut down. And I think at that time I read that between 225 to 240 aircrafts were diverted from 17 different airports across the country into this small little airplane. Um, and I think I, at that time, if I remember, if I re- remember correctly, uh, that I read at the airport, the population of the city was only seven thousand, so a pretty small plane, pretty, you know, nothing significant. But they had over six to seven thousand people coming from these planes that were diverted. So essentially, the population of the town doubled overnight. <laughs> so I can't even imagine, you know, what they had to. Pretty much, you know, you have to they have to feed people. You have to give all these people places to stay. So it was it was pretty cool to see something like that because I had seen documentaries about this before. But to be at the airport and just how they pre- preserved some of the cool things from back in the day is pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah, no, Gander is just one of those uh, very important, like in history because of that. And also, I'm thinking aviation isn't Gander kind of like the last point, like, like the entry and exit point from the Americas when there when you take when you're flying into Europe, like going through North America, is that, I think Gander is the last kind of like official point of contact. Absolutely, you you nailed it. This Gander is definitely the last point of contact, I guess, before flying into open waters. Um, it's that's why it plays. It, that's why it wasn't like even before nine eleven. It was a pretty important airport um, it was notable for being one of the last refueling stops for a lot of those transatlantic flights you know for back when flight and airplanes and air airlines were taking off and it's it's been one of those places where even i was reading on the wall at the airport that a lot of famous people um i think the queen elizabeth ii muhammad ali a lot of like famous people have gone to gander for various reasons so it's not. It wasn't unknown before 9-11, but obviously 9-11 made it even more important. And the fact that, like you said, it is one of the more um, last stops before you get to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, for sure. I remember learning about that because a lot when I went to Europe for a trip and I was looking into plane tickets, WestJet loves to stop in Gander before flying into Europe, which... Uh, nowadays, airplanes can fly longer, so I found it very annoying <laughs> that they needed to do a stop in Gander. Honestly, if they have a couple hours and they still do that, I would suggest going out because Gander, the airport, was pretty cool. When I was there, we actually saw an U.S. Air Force Globemaster C-17 there, and it was really cool because you know you don't see those in at every airport, so seeing that in person was pretty cool. And Gander itself, the town, you know, it's just a small town in the middle of nowhere, but just the history behind everything was pretty cool. And then from Grander, we kept driving to Terranova National Park where we did a couple hikes there. And then we ran into this like fire watch tower and I climbed it and it was pretty scary because it's like an open like stairs with like grates, but I couldn't get to all the way to the top because it was locked. First of all, I wasn't even sure if I was allowed to go in there. I think I was because there was, like, <laughs> there was like information boards. But nonetheless, it was pretty cool. It was very windy, so it was kind of scared, but I did make it to that door. And I came down, um, Terra Nova National Park, another really cool place to visit if you're in the area. And then finally, around 3 p.m., I believe, 3, 4 p.m., we made it to St. John's, Newfoundland, and we headed over to Cape Spear, which is the easternmost point in Canada. It was pretty cool because they have a very historic lighthouse there and a plaque that shows the easternmost point of Canada. And this was 
you know, when we were talking to the people at the lighthouse, they said it was one of the windiest days they had seen all year. And honestly, my hat, hat like flew away and I, I'm glad I had a strap because it would have flown away. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool seeing the coast of Canada, you know, and Newfoundland. So really cool. And St. John was another city that I really liked. It was very, if you've ever seen those cities like in, you know, Greenland or Iceland or the Arctic where the houses are very colorful and they're on hills, it's very similar to that. Uh, St. John's was on a hill as well. And the houses were very colorful, you know, pink, blue, purple, whatever colors you can imagine they had, things like that. So really enjoyed St. John. Very different than the other cities, but very similar once again. And then the next day was one of the longest driving days because we had to get back from exploring St. John's all the way back to the ferry, which was, you know, nine hours. So this day we just drove. I mean, we had pretty much more than 12 hours because we left St. John's around after brunch. And then the ferry didn't leave until 1130. So, you know, around 13 hours almost. So we just took our time stopping at different places. And if you followed me on Instagram, I'm sure you saw, but there's one of the funniest names, cities out there called Dildo, Newfoundland. So, of course, you know, we had to stop. <laughs> of course. Dildos. And so it was pretty cool. And then we stopped on some other cities. There's another city called Come By Chance, I believe. And just, you know, it was really cool seeing Newfoundland. I really enjoyed driving there because the landscape there is totally different from most of Canada because it's very rocky for some parts, but then you see a bunch of forests but then more rocky like terrain. So I did enjoy that. And the other really good thing was it is a Trans-Canada one. It's not divided, but there's so many passing lanes that you don't even have to worry about, you know, being stuck behind like a truck or something. So it was very nice to drive there. Um, so I was really surprised because I was expecting like it to be, you know, one lane for each direction, but there was passing lane almost like two to four, every two to four kilometers the whole way. Oh, that's amazing. We love passing lanes on two-lane highways. Yep, absolutely. And so really enjoyed driving there. And then from there, we made it to the ferry that night again and did the same thing as before. We slept on the ferry, and the next morning, we got up from the ferry, and we drove from North Sydney, Nova Scotia, all the way to Charlottetown, PI. Um, actually, no, before Charlottetown, we went over to the northern shore and the red sand um, red rock sand beaches of pei really cool place we also visited pei national park and went to some of the beaches and did a couple not hikes because it's not really hikes but more walks along the shores along the um coves and things like that saw lots of lighthouses and then if you're a fan of anna green gables the author um Mon lm montgomery she's actually from that area um so you know if you've watch the shows or read the books it'll probably be very familiar but we visited where you know she they pretty much recreated the house of from Anne of Green Gables and it was really cool because it felt like you were transported into the books and the shows so got to see that see I really enjoyed PI because it was more of a chill vibe you could tell you were on like island vibes because everything was just relaxed and it was really cool. I really enjoyed PI as well. Charlottetown, another city that kind of surprised me because it is on the smaller side. I think the population is around 63,000 to 70,000, which is very similar to Musha and Prince Albert. But I think Charlottetown was much better because of the uh, just the harbor front and just the number of tourists visiting. You know, that makes a big difference as well. Like, how many people are really going to PA, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, not a lot of people go to good old PA Saskatchewan. Exactly. And then from uh, the other things that we did on the P PI was the teacup rock, which sadly no longer ex exists because the storm wiped it out. And then we also made it to Thunder Cove Beach as well as Cavendish Cliffs. So all really cool. Didn't expect Red Rock and PI really. I, like I said, I wasn't going in thinking there was or there wasn't, but seeing that it was pretty neat. And then Charlottetown, like I said, pretty, pretty cool. And the other interesting thing was we actually found this Asian restaurant. It's like an Indian, Chinese, Nepalese restaurant because they had Nepalese momos. And of course, you know, me being me, I had to try it. And I tried it and it tasted exactly like Nepali momos. So that's how I know they were Nepali momos because they honestly tasted like home momos. <laughs> Very interesting. 
Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting because I didn't find it in other places. I'm sure other places had it in Indian stores, but this one we just literally happened to be walking downtown and I saw it. And I looked at the menu and had moles. I'm like, of course, we got to try it. And then, so that night we stayed in Charlottetown. It was pretty cool. And the next morning, got to explore Charlottetown a little bit more. And then we drove all the way back to Quebec City, stopping along the way in different places, as well as Fredericton, New Brunswick, which we had skipped on the way here. But Fredericton, another small little town, the capital of New Brunswick, really enjoyed it there. Not much happening there. It's more of like a small you know, government town, but still, nonetheless, pretty, pretty cool experience. And then from there, we went all the way to Quebec City. And for myself, I had gone to Quebec City before, but my friend hadn't. So I just showed him around, you know, old Quebec City and the cool parks in the area and the cool buildings. And then that night, we just... So that was in, in Quebec City. We actually stayed in a hostel, and it was pretty cool because I hadn't stayed in a hostel since before COVID. So it was really cool to see, you know, travelers back in Quebec City and or not just Quebec City but in hostels traveling post pandemic and then also went to Montmorency Falls which I hadn't done in Quebec City before really enjoyed that that fall actually kind of surprised me as well because I had seen it in photos and I kind of knew it was cool but actually being there it was a lot cooler than the photos as well so if you're ever in the area definitely go visit there and then the next day Drove from Quebec City all the way down to Montreal where I saw you, Andres, and you took me on a hike, which absolutely killed me because, you know, I was already absolutely tired by the end of my trip. But nonetheless, you pushed me. We got through the hike and got to see amazing Montreal from a site that I had never seen before. And then, you know, made it finally back to Ottawa at like 10 at night. And we were supposed to pick up Agrima from the airport because she was landing that night. But then... We couldn't because we had to, We were invited for dinner somewhere else. So then we got her an Uber. We all met at my house and then we went for dinner. And then our trip finally concluded 10 days later. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very, a lot, very packed trip. In it, exactly. It was a very, very packed trip. I know a lot of people, you know, they don't like doing that. They like to relax in one place or two places. And honestly, I'll, we did pack a lot of things, but... Andres, you know the deal. I know the deal. We don't get a lot of time off here in Canada. You know, 15 days, if, if we're lucky, you know, some people get less than that. So, and when you don't have a lot of time off, you want to do as much as you can. And, you know, for me, I've done a lot of road trips like this where I try to see as much as I can. I know people, some people will absolutely hate that, say, you know, you got to spend more time. But I think an uh, analogy for myself is when I go to like wineries or breweries, I usually get the flights because I can get a little bit taste of everything and then see what I like for later on. Um, so similar to road trips, my trips, I like seeing a little bit of everything, getting a taste of everything, seeing what I like. And then later on in life, when I have more time, when I have a family, I'm definitely going to go back again. That's a good attitude and mindset to have. If that's kind of like the type of trip that you like. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even like that goes to anything really in my life that I just want to taste things and then go to it later. So honestly, overall, really enjoyed it. Um, got to try a lot of seafood. I got to try oyster for the first time. I never had oyster before, so I did an oyster shot. Um, didn't mind it. Actually, it didn't really have a taste. I obviously used the sauce and lemon. Pretty. Would I have it again? Yeah, I would because I love food. Um, got to try lobster from the Bay of Fundy, got to try Atlantic salmon, got to try mussels, got to try crabs. It was just good, good seafood. And, you know, it wasn't like those frozen stuff that you get at the store. It was actually fresh. Um, got a couple of the crab rolls, really, really good. Or lobster rolls, sorry. So food-wise, really good. The Airbnbs that we stayed at, I won't go into all the details, but one of the ones that we stayed at, was pretty neat because it was a uh, two sisters from Kingston, Ontario, who had moved to New Brunswick. They bought like a barn and a barn house and they turned their barn house into an Airbnb. And that was one of the coolest Airbnbs I've stayed at and really enjoyed it. So if anyone is going to the area and wants cheap Airbnbs or wants really cool Airbnbs, let me know. Cause I'll let you in which ones I stayed at. Sounds good yeah no it's just um definitely very interesting um 
very interesting kind of like how things do develop and just seeing the other like I just think Canada is very distinct throughout its entirety and ginormous land. So I'm excited that you got to do it, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with you. Like, you know, when we think about the Rockies and how it differs from even the prairies to Ontario and Quebec, Maritimes was pretty much the same thing. Those things changing in terrain, geography, geology. I'm not saying I'm a, you know, I know a lot about those, but even when you're just driving through, you can usually tell, right? You can tell the different kind of like trees in different areas, the different rock types. Like I said, Charlotte uh, PI had lots of red rocks. Um, so it was just really cool seeing the, you know, overall landscape of the Maritimes. And I really enjoyed it and definitely will go back in the future. For sure. Well, um, can't wait to hear more about your next trip, but it sounds like it was fantastic. So what what would you say would you rank as your I'll give you five because I know it's hard to pick one <laughs> and three seems very common. So let's do five. Like I mean also because it was like a big trip and you visited a lot of places. So uh what would you, what would you be say will be your top five memories of this trip? Okay, top five memories, that's that's tough. Uh let me think on that, but while I get thinking on that. In my opinion, let me rank the provinces for you. Okay. Obviously, other people might, you know, have different opinions. But for me, Nova Scotia was definitely number one. I really enjoyed Nova Scotia. Number two was PEI. Really enjoyed that as well. Number three was Newfoundland and Labrador. And number four was New Brunswick. If you're from the area, if you're listeners, you know, that have traveled to the area, maybe your opinions differ. But for me, I think I enjoyed it in that order. Not saying I didn't enjoy, you know, New Brunswick or Newfoundland. And it's all really inter interchangeable, really, because I enjoyed pretty much all the things. But overall, when I looked at different parts from different provinces, I think I would say those are my top, like, rankings. I Not top four, because I went to four, but those are my, like, the order that I would pick. As for the cities, that's a little bit harder. But I think number one, definitely Halifax. Number two would be Charlottetown. Number three would be St. John's, Newfoundland. Number four would be St. John, New Brunswick. Number five, Fredericton. And number six, Moncton. And I think I kind of alluded to this earlier when I said, you know, Moncton, not much to do there for the most part. And, you know, people living in Moncton are giving me a death stare right now. <laughs> There's lots of things to do there. You were only there for a couple hours. How would you know? But, you know, like I said, I'm just giving a little bit of taste of each, you know, city, each province. So those would be my top, like, ranked cities ranked, province ranked. As far as memories, number one, honestly, the drive around Cape Breton Highlands National Park, I absolutely enjoy that because that is what a road trip means to me, I think, for the most part when I've done road trips in the U.S., in Canada, you know, in Iceland, just being able to see the different landscapes and the ocean right there, the hills right there, other travelers. Like, I know people don't like crowds and stuff, but for me, I honestly, within reason, of course, like, obviously, if there's everyone's going to one place it is hectic but when you see other people enjoying you know time with their family or their loved ones or even by themselves or their pets it's really cool to see so definitely enjoyed Cape Breton National Park number two mem for the memories there's a ferry I absolutely absolutely love the ferries even though I didn't get a cabin the couch slash seat itself was amazing um, next time I would go on a daytime so I could see more of like, you know, the ocean and the different lands around the area. But for this time being at the night ferry was really cool. It was, um, it was very interesting because they did have like a lounge on board. They had a restaurant, they had a bar and it was pretty packed because we went on like, a, I think the ferry we did on a Monday night and a Thursday, Thursday night. So it was pretty busy and it was pretty cool to see. Um, number three, I would have to say just the historical aspects of each of these towns because I'm not, you know, I don't know if the listeners know or not, but St. John's, I believe, is one of the oldest cities in Canada. And even some of the other cities, the historical buildings and the historical aspects of it and what it means to Canada and learning about all that was really interesting and really cool. Number four, definitely Anne of Green Gables House. Um, growing up, I had read the books. And I also watched the TV shows. So being there 
at the house. It honestly felt like I was transporting into the books. And it was really cool. And along with that, also with the lighthouses that we stopped at, it was just, you know, some of the lighthouses they preserved really well with how people used it back in the day and all the people that lived in the lighthouses and just seeing the different tools that they had to use while living in these lighthouses was really interesting. Number four, I think just uh, as, you know, Andres, I know you love them too, and I do too, but the national parks, obviously we've been to the national parks out west with the Rockies, been to a couple in other areas of Canada, but seeing the national parks in the Maritimes, completely different than what we're used to in the Rockies, but nonetheless still as amazing. And number five, just the drive itself, honestly, like, you know, I, I said this earlier, but I love road trips. And this is definitely not my lo longest road trips. I've done longer road trips and longer than 7,000 kilometers. Yeah, I know it's a little bit crazy, but just being able to drive through most of the provinces, I, all of the provinces, actually, I drove for like, I say like almost 70, 80% of the way I drove just because I do enjoy driving and just being able to see the different, you know, trees flora fauna along the way we did see a moose as well and seeing different you know people just enjoying their time there i think we really enjoyed that so overall the trip it was one of my favorite ones in the last little bit also maybe because this summer most of my trips have been repeats last even with covid right most of my trips have been to regina or like to see agrima in virginia or just things that I've done in the past. So this was a trip, I guess, post-COVID, um, second trip that I have done, completely new place. So overall, just really nice way to enjoy um, the maritime provinces. Well, uh, that sounds lovely and very exciting. Um, and sounds like a great adventure and provinces that definitely everyone should visit at some point. So, Prashank, I know now you've encountered all 10 Canadian provinces and you already ranked the Maritimes. As the last thing in this episode, now you shall rank all of the 10 Canadian provinces. Oof, this is funny because, you know, me and my friend, when we were coming back, we were talking about this. And honestly, I think some of my friends and some of the people that live in Saskatchewan are going to be offended by this. But fear not because you're not number nine. <laughs> Saskatchewan is not number nine. But, okay, so I'm going to go backwards, okay? Um, so number 10, I think, and if you live here, I am sorry, but... Come on, it, it can't be anything else, right? It has to be Manitoba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Manitoba, definitely number nine. Um, number eight, surprisingly, I'm going to say this is close. This is actually very close, but number nine, I am going to say Saskatchewan. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I lived there for a long time of my life. You know, I lived there for what? I think 12 years of my life, and I loved Saskatchewan quite, quite, quite a lot. But there's lots of reasons I rank it this low. We can get into this another episode because, you know, I, 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 I am going to have fun with this um, ranking. And I do want to get into the details, but I'll get into that in another, another episode because I could talk forever. But number nine is Saskatchewan. Number eight is going to be New Brunswick, I think. Um, I did enjoy New Brunswick and it was by the bay and everything. But I think compared to some of the other provinces, still at the bottom. Um, so number seven, this is tough. This is very tough, but I'm going to have to say, ooh, this is very, very tough. Honestly, I'm going to say Newfoundland. Now, I all already regret saying that because I really did enjoy it in Newfoundland. I'm not saying it's bad, but compared to some of the other provinces and just my interests, I think would I go back to Newfoundland again? Yes. Would I live there? Probably not, just because it's very isolated, right? There's only a couple of ways to get there, whether it's by ferry or by plane. Um, similar to why Saskatchewan solo, just the isolation that I feel in isolation in Saskatchewan, similar to that. So that's, I believe that's number seven. Number six is going to be Nova Scotia. I know 
that's also kind of harsh. Yeah, it is very harsh on this Nova Scotia. I, I've never been there, but just from hearing people that live there and been there, it is, it is and harsh. I, I'll explain that. It'll make more sense as I get to the top three, I think. Um, but if I had to switch it with any of the you know, ones that I'm going to get to next, it would probably be Ontario. Because in Ontario, besides the big cities and you know the other things that you can probably get in the other provinces like lakes or nature, Ontario, I feel like, is less than stellar than the Maritimes. But for now, I'll continue with how Nova Scotia there. And then from there, it's PEI. Um, I really enjoyed PEI, but would it beat up some of the other ones? Probably not. Um, from there, number four is Ontario, just because I live here. I do love Toronto. I do love Ottawa. I do love the Great Lakes surrounding Ontario. And I still have yet to explore so much of Ontario. And come on, it's it's all where the, all the fun is, right? Like Toronto, um, not really Ottawa, but definitely Toronto, GTA area, really lots of fun. Number four is going to be PEI. I'm going to be a little bit controversial and say that PI is number four. And the reason for that is because, like I said, it's very island vibes. Like when I, when I, when we first drove through the farmlands and, you know, the shores of PI, it felt, this doesn't sound really whack, but it's, it reminded me for some reason of Hawaii. I know obviously the weather is a lot colder and the beaches are much different than Hawaii, but the vibe that I got just, you know, driving along the countryside where people have random shops along the highway, farms along the highway, different places that you can stop and just relax. It was, it was very much island-like and I really enjoyed that vibe. Of course, if you live there, I'm sure you could explore the whole island. And if I were to do that, I would probably get bored of it. So it'd probably slip down and I'd put probably Newfoundland or Nova Scotia up to the number four level. Mm -hmm. But for now, you know, just having visited for the first time, it it is a little bit higher. Um, Number three, I'm going to say this is definitely, I think this will surprise a lot of people, but number three is going to be Alberta. Okay. For various reasons. Obviously, that means Quebec's in the top three. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it means... Banff and you know Jasper and they're lower than these other <laughs> other provinces. All and, your favorite national parks. Yes, and it is surprising. I I've surprised myself, but it's I think because Alberta, besides the national parks, and again those are those mean a big big to me. I love the national parks in the Rockies. I love the Rockies. Calgary, amazing. Edmonton, not as amazing, but still pretty cool. But I think besides those, it's a little, it, it does still feel isolated. Um, I think, as you can probably see, isolation is kind of a theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why it's number three. Number two is going to be Quebec. And I really do enjoy Quebec. If they weren't so Quebec-like, I would move <laughs> to Quebec in a heartbeat. <laughs> wow. So you could not give it to the Frenchies. No, I I am not. I'm, I they I can't give them a higher ego than they already. <laughs> yeah, that that I I support that argument. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, and I've told you this before too, and I've told the listeners, I really do enjoy Montreal. Montreal is probably one of my favorite cities across Canada. Quebec City, again, having gone there, the last time I went to was 2017, but gone back this time, I really did enjoy it. I don't know if I could live there, but I did really enjoy it. And even Montreal as a whole, I think. I, like the one place I really want to go to in um, Quebec is Gaspé, uh, you know, the like right above New Brunswick. Yeah. That I've, I've really wanted to do, go there and there's still so much to see there. So obviously that means number one is BC and that's for lots of reasons. Obviously price is one of the biggest counter arguments. Yes, BC is very expensive, but in every other aspects, you know, it has a Rockies, it has an ocean to the west. It has flights from Vancouver International Airport. It has a lot of things that I look forward to in provinces and cities. So I think those are my provinces ranked 10 to 1. All right. Well, I guess we can get into more of the detail ranking later on. But there you go, guys and all people. Uh, Brishang doesn't like Manitoba and he <laughs> and he loves the west because he 
and Joe is busy. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you ever or live in an isolated place, Brishan will love some of his uniqueness, but he will rank it low because it's isolated. Yeah, and I think that's some that's something that I've kind of realized over the last couple of years, especially being in Ottawa. Like, you know, and we have talked about this before. It's like it's a people that really make the place, right? So when you're kind of far from place, far from people that you, you know, care about and you love, that's fine. But then you want a good way or an easy way or an efficient way to get back to them. So like when you're in someplace like Newfoundland or even Saskatchewan, like, so yeah, my parents are there, but if I ever want to go to like Nepal or visit a green mountain, Virginia, it is quite the trip. And same with Newfoundland, right? It is quite the trip to get out of there. So I think that for me these days, especially that's big. There you go. But oh well, we're sharing lots of learning uh, during road trip, but it was fantastic to listen to all of it. Exactly. And you know, there's so much more. So and if anyone wants to talk to me about it or wants to see photos, I'll definitely post those. So be sure to check my website, my Instagram. I'll post it everywhere. There you go. So yeah, take advantage of Rishang. He does a lot of traveling and planning and most of his trips are amazing. Alrighty, so let's wrap this up, Rishang. So what are you looking forward to this week that you ain't traveling anymore? So as Andres, I think we're both guilty of this, but as soon as a trip ends, you're already looking forward to the next trip. I don't have another big trip planned for the next little bit. Um, you know, talking about finishing all the provinces, obviously I, I have yet to go to the territories. So that's already at the back of my mind, but I know that's not going to happen for some time because it is pretty expensive to get up there. Um, but another small trip I have planned is going back home because it is Dose and Tihar time. So me and my brother, we're going to fly out to Regina on Friday, October 20th. And then from there, we'll be there for around 10 days. And then I'll go straight to Toronto and start my new job and my new life in Toronto, I guess. My brother will be back in Ottawa for school. But so, yeah, really looking forward to going back home, even though, you know, I've seen my parents a couple times this year. I saw them when they came to Ottawa in the spring. And then I saw my dad last week when he came to help me move. But it's always nice, you know, to go back to Regina, to go back to Paris. Although I did rank the province province pretty low. I mean, my parents are there. Some of my friends are still there. It's still home at the end of the day. So I don't hate it. It's just, it's far, but still Saskatchewan has quite a lot, like a big piece in my heart. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, nothing like spending special holidays with fam. Absolutely. So Andres, what are you looking for to do for the upcoming week? Uh, more sweater weather, love sweater weather, and yes, I will continue to say sweater weather, and so you can keep in your mind the meme of Amy Poehler saying sweater <laughs> weather. A fantastic meme. I don't know how many times I've used it. Um, so yeah, so doing that, might go for a hike, because now, uh, now actually the autumn colors are in full bloom throughout the province. Uh, so might do one of those. It's lovely seeing all the different colors. And uh, then doing some pumpkin carving with friends. Uh, that's exciting. Haven't carved a pumpkin in a while. So excited to do that. And then that's about it. Well, maybe plan, start thinking what I'm going to get little Sherlock because his birthday is coming up soon. So yeah, I am that parent of a dog that celebrates my dog's birthday. Ooh, we love it. How old is Sherlock turning, if the listeners don't know? Sherlock is turning six, so he is maybe about to reach his midlife crisis. Oh, no, you got to be there for him every step of the way. I know, but now I can say he's older than me. <laughs> True. So he's a senior of the house. He can he can lead you through your midlife crisis or quarter-life crisis. Or yeah, we'll, we'll accompany in each other's crises. <laughs> We love it. Alrighty. So, Brishang, where can our listeners reach out to us if they want to talk more about the Maritimes or how to plan a road trip? So, like always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or crybaby stuff, you can always reach out to us at the Two Average Brambles on anything, really. These days, not too active on Twitter slash X anymore, but Instagram is probably the easiest way to reach out to us at our, um, our Instagram page or our personal page. You know, talk to us about anything, really, in my trip. Andreas's marathon, like from last week, really anything—the holidays, 
weather, weather, whatever you want to talk to us about. Exactly. We are always open to talking. And yeah, other than that, thanks again for tuning in. Hope everyone, wherever you're listening us to at, you are keeping warm if you're in the northern hemisphere because it is autumn and as we are slowly approaching cold winter months. Uh, but if you're in the south hemisphere, then we're jealous for you. Other uh, <laughs> than that, thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you up next Monday with a brand new episode of the Two Average Reference Podcast. Bye. See ya.